Being a professional isn't about the money you make, the position you hold, your level of expertise or fame. It's the motivation and the attitude you bring to your work. A desire for always learning and improving and balancing your creative output with getting the business done. Welcome and join the Creating Pros. Hi, and welcome back to Creating Pros. I'm your host, Jim Nettles, and this week we're going to dive into some controversial waters. And this is something that's going to affect everyone in this audience, whether you're a creator, a fan, or just simply out there using social media. There's a lot of changes happening globally, and it's affecting all of the internet, uh, especially social media platforms and content creators. Now, in a couple of weeks, we'll dive deeper into some of what's happening. But before we do that, I just want to talk about what most people see and use in terms of social media. Now, going into this, I am a free speech advocate. Um, I speak about it frequently, and in my view, I have a responsibility to support the rights of people to say what they want uh, within legal constraints, even if I don't agree with it or believe in it. Um, I've worked in media, I've written a lot on the subject, and my main life has been working in technology for more than 30 years. And a lot of what I'm seeing is both terrifying to me as well as inevitable. Uh, and so as we go along, you know, I very much am sharing my views, the way I look at it and see it. Because a lot of these are things that I am actually working in day to day. Now, anytime we introduce new technologies, it takes a while for society to figure out what it means overall, you know, how it fits in, what benefits, what problems it brings, you know, governments, legislatures, courts, all try to sort out the mess in the back end. And in the last few weeks, we've explored what AI means for artists and writers. You know, last week we were looking at chat GPT. This week we're going to be talking about a little more foundational work. And so we're going to talk about what's next for social media and kind of a look at what I think is coming for 2023. You know, what should we be looking for in the next year? What's happening? What are the things that are going to affect us? Uh, I am focused mainly on what solo creators, small businesses, uh, folks like us need to consider as you're working on your social media strategy. Now, one of those things that often comes up is this is, yeah, you actually need a strategy. Just throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks isn't going to work, especially with some of the things that are coming. Um, the platforms are becoming a lot more nuanced, a lot more detailed. There's a lot of change that's happening. We can't depend just simply on luck anymore. Um, even though it definitively is still one of the things that works for us or against us. But the first question you need to evaluate for yourself is, why are you on social media? What benefit does it bring you? If your main goal is to connect with friends and family or to follow content creators for your own entertainment, or you're out there for education, you're out there to stay in touch with groups or things like that, all of that's great. But that's not what we're talking about today. I'm assuming you're trying to reach readers or customers, fans, um, the people that you want to do business with and that you want to create that relationship with to help support you in your creative business. Um, there's a lot of questions you need to ask yourself. You know, what platforms do you like and which ones are you comfortable on? Um, and as we see, a lot of things are changing up in the air in the space. You know, second question is this, where are your customers? In other words, you may like a given platform, but if everybody's fleeing from it, does it do you any good? You know, where are your fans at? Um, another big question is this. What kind of content are they actually looking, uh, looking for from you? And how are they looking to connect with you? And balance that against the kind of content you want to create. 
as we're going through and talking about this stuff today, we're going to be talking about a lot of types of content and looking to see how does this balance with what you're doing and how can you leverage some of this? You know, and one other thing is this. All too often, we forget that we aren't paying for the platform. You know, and if you aren't paying for the platform, well, then you're the product. You know, these companies aren't spending billions of dollars a year so you can just see cat videos. They're counting on you to create something that your family, your friends, your customers, uh, your fans want to see to keep you, keep them and ultimately keep you on the platform. If you're not on the platform, then they can't advertise to you. They're not gathering the data that they're looking for need to sell so that they can stay in business. So with all of this in mind, where do I think we're headed this year? You know, what do you what do I think you should be keeping in mind? Now, the hard part of this is, of course, that we don't usually see the biggest trends until they're already here. And sometimes what looks like the next big thing just falls flat. It doesn't hit. It doesn't catch. Other times, something that looks like it's small hits big because it hits the right people at the right time. Now, as creators, as small business owners, we know it can be really hard just to keep up with a couple of platforms, especially when it was just the good old days of Facebook and Twitter, much less everything we've got now. So let's talk about the platforms. Where do you need to be and why? Well, there's a lot of things happening within the industry. So the first big question is this, and we've, we've all been seeing it, but probably not necessarily seeing it consciously for what it is. And the first real big split we see is the difference between traditional social media and entertainment platforms. Um, what, so what do we mean by this? Well, social media is you know the traditional idea we've grown used to, you know, personal connections, sharing experiences, you know, seeing what real life or at least a reasonable facsimile thereof is going on, you know, pictures of you at an event or you hanging out in the park or what are you having for dinner? You know, it's looking and seeing what's happening in your life. You know, seeing what's happening to, to others, your friends, your family, staying connected, reconnecting with people you haven't seen in years. You know, sometimes it's connecting with people of like minds, like interests, and getting in some really niche type areas and connecting with people all over the world. You know, it's kind of like the fun and messy part of life, like the giant party where your friends are, you get to hang out and connect with them, and you also get to meet other people. And if you happen to be going to going out somewhere, you know, that particular place also happens to probably have some stuff to buy, whether that's something from the bar, snacks, whatever the case may be. Now, on the other end, we have entertainment platforms. And this is about connecting creators with the people that to follow them. You know, this is where we see stuff that's a lot more like the polished videos. Even if they're meant to look raw, a lot of the time they aren't. You know, we've gotten used to the idea of influencers and people that become famous for being famous. And, you know, we see people that are entertaining. They're doing skits. They're doing music. This is like the DJ at the party, uh, the band at the front of the bar. They're there to keep you there and keep the drinks flowing from the bar, keep food coming off from the tables, and keep everybody hanging out in the place so the place can continue to do business. It's not about connecting fans and interests as much as it is to create something to keep you hooked and on the platform. And it's blending the idea of entertainment and commerce. And this is where we've seen really kind of a spectrum form between these two ends, between having to go out there and work with things that are very personal and things that are really much more polished or much more commercial. And the big difference is here, how we engage with that content. 
And are we being active at the party? Are we out on the dance floor? Are we talking to friends and hanging out? Or are we just standing on the balcony and watching the show? And the real big difference here is how engaged are you? So the one good thing here that's the same either way is really what's important. And that's about the content. So the first thing that is critical is this. Are you doing good storytelling? Are you providing solid content that engages with your fans, engages with your people? As a writer, that can actually be kind of hard to do. Now, we see things like book talk and reader groups on Instagram and things like this that are where fans are going to gather to talk about the kind of things that we do. But we have to be aware when we go into engage with them that we've got the idea that I'm not just there to sell. I'm there to meet fans and tell them who I am and to see where there's potentially a good fit or they might be interested in what I'm doing. Now, when you take a look at this, the other end of that is walking in and making sure that I'm telling a good story. Even if I'm on one of these entertainment platforms where I'm not necessarily able to create that kind of engagement, am I doing the right things that show somebody who I am, what I do, and able to connect right? So what does the entertainment end look like in 2023? You know, what's the music in the club? What's happening? Well, in terms of all bad jokes, you know, we say video killed the radio star. We want to see video. We want to engage visually. You know, memes and gifs are culturally taking a hit and kind of phasing out. But, you know, we also see that camera te technology is getting faster, better, cheaper. Everybody has a video studio in their hand in their smartphone. Um, I also have been laughing at the fact that we're seeing kind of a, a resurgence in the trend of flip phones and dumb phones um, based on different people in different groups trying to go in and disconnect. And this is an idea to keep in mind as well. That as we see this explosion in technology, there's also an entire population that are, that are going back and taking a step backwards as well. But most platforms are continuing to develop and expand their video hosting capabilities. Um, they're offering a lot more apps, a lot more toys to enhance it. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we go along. Now, one of the other things that we saw really kind of come up in 2022 was the fact that, you know, as they say, radio is not dead. Video may have killed the radio star, but radio is still out there. And we saw the app Clubhouse pop up in early 2022, um, really late 2021, but it came out as an audio-only platform. Um, it was live, it was there, and if you missed it, you missed it. You know, it was one of those things of you just see a conversation pop up, do you want to hop in on it, and you move along. Now, this platform also seems to already be in decline. There's a lot of indicators that they're not going to be the next big hot thing that it looked like they could be for a while. But at the same time, they're continuing to kind of find their audience and their level. And we're seeing other platforms like Twitter um, come out and start to engage to create some of these similar audio only type of, of engagements. So you know, while we seems to be that video is the big winner, we're also seeing a lot of people that want to have more of that real-time engagement. And audio only gives a lot of people more ability to go in and engage, um, whether they're at work, whether they're traveling around, or whether they just don't want to be seen because of visibility, but they can get in on the conversation. Now, on one hand, it looks like 
short form video is the winner. You know, we see a lot of things like TikTok and Instagram, you know, videos that are a minute, two minutes, three minutes, 10 minutes. Well, YouTube Shorts is also coming into the market and looking to help compete with that. So if you are working and competing on these platforms, you're going to need to plan to also probably be getting into that YouTube Shorts type area. Um, at the same time, we see education, we see entertainment, we see a lot of these channels growing and based on much longer term content as well. So while we see an explosion in very short, very fast video content, there's also a lot of demand out there for stuff that lasts half an hour, an hour, even longer. Um, so look at how the trends are working around monetization, because a lot of this is going to tell you where the audience is at and what you need to do to reach them. Uh, another growing segment out there, and we've seen this growing for a number of years now, is the idea of social media SEO. More and more people, especially younger demographics, are searching on social media for answers, for products, for brands, for things like this to know what's going on, even the news, uh, and also going out there for customer service. You know, it's not enough to be posting videos, but you also need to understand what people are searching for. Um, if you use the right tagging and can associate your content, and of course it has to be, you know, a relevant piece of content or you're going to get tagged for it. But if you're doing something that's relevant in a particular niche or a particular space and you can tag to it, you're going to increase the likelihood of being accidentally found, um, and finding and maybe getting that viral kind of a hit. Now, one of the things that gives me a small amount of hope is that these platforms and people are kind of merging in on the same thing, and that is actual human connection. Now, I hate to use the overused and, and misunderstood term of authenticity, but for the creators out there, people want to have a good idea of who you are. Um, even on the entertainment media platforms, we see meaningful connections being made between creators and fans. Um, some of this is happening because of content or comments in the comment fields. Uh, sending back notes back and forth on other platforms, or being able to see the entertainment and the content here and engage in other places in other ways. But we want to know who it is we're letting into our heads and it, into our minds and into our hearts as we look at this stuff. It really is important that we are genuinely who we are and we're presenting the real people that we are. And we'll talk about this when we get into some of the other new platforms and things that we're seeing as trends there as well. Now, part of the connection here is also monetization. Um, creators, you know, uh, making what the platforms want. Uh, you know, we're going to see a lot of changes here, but there's also a lot more reward coming for the content creators that are making what the platforms are looking for. We're seeing uh, creators getting bigger shares of the ad revenues or share revenues. Um, we're also seeing a lot of ability and changes in the ability to advertise and sell products and services directly through the platforms. Um, we are seeing some changes as to who is offering and who's shutting off the ability to have marketplaces or sell product directly through these platforms. But I think overall, we're going to see this as one of the trends where these platforms want you to sell directly through them, not sending them to another seller. Uh, now, another change that we're going to see is if you're selling something that's not through their platform, expect you'll be paying for people to see it or people to be able to get to buy the make those sales. Now, whether that comes in the form of 
uh, ad revenue and ad buys, or that comes to some of the stuff we're going to talk about here in a few minutes? That's a good question. Now, for our creators and influencers out there, these platforms recognize that advertisers are also looking for ways to connect with fans, and it's going to be a lot easier to reach influencers for them to you know, sell your products or to help market them. Um, and maybe there's also going to be a lot of development here on how these content creators are going to be able to meet these. Now, one of the other things that we've seen a lot of now is what's called gated content. Um, Instagram right now is playing with this. Uh, some other platforms are looking at doing this. And what gated content is, is we're looking at these being subscription type models on the social media platforms. So I'd say, you know, kind of look at Patreon and OnlyFans. Well, with Instagram subscriptions, they're allowing you to create exclusive content, uh, reaching kind of your most engaged types of followers, your supporters, and do it for a monthly subscription fee. Uh, based on what I've seen, it looks like it'll range anywhere from 99 cents a month to 99.99 a month. And right now, this is only for the big players. You've got to have at least 100,000 followers for this to kick in. For a lot of people in the audience, that's that's huge. And you're like, I'll never get there. Well, there are definitely ways to build that kind of a following. And it can actually be done much more qu quickly than you think. But we're also seeing a lot of other platforms come in uh, and roll this out on other platforms. Twitter is taking a look at a lot of new tools, a lot of new technologies and new revenue models. And so we'll see if the little blue birdie continues to chirp and what kind of new toys they may be able to come out with if they can survive. Now, do you remember when I said, if you're not paying for it, you're the product? Well, I think we're gonna see a lot more of these platforms offering premium services, premium functionality, new toys, new things to play with at a cost. And so one of the questions is gonna become, how much are you willing to pay for cat videos or being able to play with certain things, do certain things, or maybe reach uh, and be part of a fandom. And I think this is going to be one of those things that we see a little bit more of is either A, fans are going to have to be paying a little bit more for access, or that the content providers and creators are going to be having to pay to actually reach their fans. Um, all of which has a knock-on effect of costing both creators and fans because somewhere that money's got to come up. Now, these platforms are betting that you're willing to spend at least a couple of bucks a month um, if you can use the fun AI type-driven features. And, you know, as I talked about in the couple of AI and technology episodes we've done so far, um, AI, augmented reality, virtual reality, um, all of these things are here to stay and they're going to be growing. Um, in fact, these tools are going to be there to help build the experience. And they're also going to become a lot larger part of how marketing works, how advertising works and reaching your audiences. Um, you know, we're going to see things like the filters, the backgrounds, the deep fake kind of technology. It'll be sliding you into your favorite music videos, slide into a movie. You know, as these platforms work more towards subscription models for their users, uh, we can expect that when we're paying or when we're trying to market what we're doing and we're trying to market our work, we're going to be paying for that privilege uh, one way or the other on these platforms. Now, since we're talking about intellectual property, these platforms are going to be doing a lot more, I think, to be at least protecting some intellectual property rights, uh, at least in some different ways. And one of the things I think we're going to see a lot more of, too, is, is a way to encourage people to use one platform over another 
uh, and encourage you to use their platforms to build your presence and your content, what they're going to be doing is offering you new and exclusive tools to build content. And part of that's going to be things along the lines of music, where they're going to have licensed music that you'll be able to use, but only on their platform. Or maybe like we've seen with some of the deep fake type stuff, if you want to insert your face into something or do some of the motion apps, do some of the AI video type of things, you'll be able to do that for maybe free or a subscription price, but it'll only work on their platform. Um, you know, th so there's a lot of potential opportunities and tools that will be coming out of here. Now, whether or not they're going to be charging a price for this yet is to be determined. Um, but as we see monetization models are changing, and as these companies are losing access to cheap money, you know, advertisers are really changing their strategies and trying to determine how much they're spending and where. Uh, we're seeing economic changes and challenges going on right now. You know, all of these platforms are going to have to find new sources of revenue. And I think that it, we're going to see a lot more of them looking at the users on the platform to actually pay to get to certain things. Now, all of this being said, there is another big change afoot. You know, as we look at the large centralized social media platforms, and a lot of them are struggling to find where they're going to next. You know, they're trying to keep users on their platforms. A lot of people are finding out that they no longer want to be on these big tech town squares. You know, whether we look at Meta, whether we look at Twitter, um, there's a lot of question about what some of these platforms are doing with our data. And also questions about who owns some of these companies and how they're operating and doing business. And as a result of this, a lot of people are starting to look at other platforms, alternatives. One of the big alternatives we've seen growing and becoming a lot more popular are what are known as distributed platforms. Now, a lot of these are based on what are called open source code. Um, so what that means is that the code and the ability to run these platforms is out there basically for free if you're doing it for non-commercial uses. Um, now, this is finding a lot of popularity here in small and silo communities. A lot of platforms are actually kind of, uh, of rising up around specific communities, specific niches, uh, specific ideologies. There's a lot of questions there around how some of these are being built. Now, before I go any further, one of the things that I will say, I, I both look at as a, a positive and a negative, and I will talk about this in a future episode a little bit more, is that there is both great benefit in being able to reach a targeted niche community. There's also value when there is open discourse and able to look at other people's viewpoints and have open debate and discourse and disagreements. Because while I am a free speech advocate, and I believe everyone should have a right to tell you exactly who they are and what they believe. There is no obligation to listen to them. And a lot of these platforms do a really good job of allowing you as the user to curate what you see and what you hear. I think this is going to be something else we're going to see a lot more of coming out of both these niche platforms as well as some of the larger players. Now, as we talk about these sort of more niche platforms, some of these open source platforms and the distributed ones, the big difference is this. Um, a centralized platform is like a Facebook or a Twitter. There's a company that owns it, that runs it, and it's all centralized. When we look at these distributed platforms, you can think about them as a decentralized platform. Um, 
if we look at something like Mastodon, and we'll talk a little bit more about this too, but when we look at something like Mastodon, um, you can create your own Mastodon server for really not a whole lot of money, and you can set the rules by which people are able to go out there and play on your platform. You know, as, as I look at these things, in my opinion, a lot of these technologies don't have a chance to compete with big technology. But I don't think in most cases they're really looking to compete with big tech either. Now, ones that do find a solid footing are likely to be, you know, quartered by and maybe even acquired by some of the big players. But again, as the cheap money is kind of drying up right now, these larger companies are probably less likely to take as large of a gamble as they might have been in the past. So let's actually look at some of these platforms that are, are growing and a number of them have been around for a long while and are just now kind of finding a good footing. Um, a lot of people I know have gone out. I've used Mastodon uh, servers off and on for years. Um, I've played with them primarily because it is a technology-driven world. Um, a lot of the groups out there using Mastodon were in the open source world um, and the op open source communities. And as a tool, it's really helpful to stand up very niche audiences. And so this is kind of that replacement for Twitter. It's the town square, but again, it's also much more community-driven. Um, individual areas, individual groups can set the rules by which you play on their servers. And at the same time, the other challenge is this. While you can go and visit a lot of servers, running a business and trying to use Mastodon is a whole different ballgame. Uh, because I see value in using Mastodon and creating your own Mastodon server if you can build your own community and bring them to the platform. Because then you can come in there and control how people interact in your world and your real estate. But at the same time, it is also a lot more difficult to cultivate your own community and bring them into your servers. So this is one of those places that, again, you're going to see a lot of good, bad, positives and challenges. Now, another platform that is really much more of a replacement for Facebook and Instagram is something called Minds. Now, Minds is currently largely uh, was originally built around crypto. Um, and I know that that's going to probably trigger some people a little bit around that idea, but Minds as a platform offers a lot of um, alternatives to Facebook and Instagram's capabilities. So do things like WT Social, uh, MeWe, which saw a surge and kind of dropped back off. Um, another one that's been around for a while and is seeming to gain some footing is one called Diaspora. Um, I Again, this is a platform I've played with all of these, at least some. And again, kind of the big challenge here is if you can find your community, it tends to be much more niche, much more driven, but it's also a lot more work to reach these communities. Let's look at, you know, from a video standpoint, YouTube, you know, which is part of the greater Google and, you know, Alphabet organization. You know, we can look at products like Vimeo, um, which is really solid and used by a lot of filmmakers and people to be able to show and broadcast video. Um, Twitch, which is one of the things that we use for continual as well as Facebook and YouTube, uh, due to DTube, um, LBRY, Daily Motion. There's a lot of alternatives out there, and there are num you know a lot more than those as well. But there's a lot of very niche places as well in video for short form music, uh, art, and creative spaces. So you can find a lot of niche areas out there to work with that are tailored to video. You just have to do the work and the research. Now, when we look at things like Messenger and the ability to communicate with people, um, 
there's a couple of them that I use, one of which is Signal, the other is Telegram. Uh, these kind of compete with WhatsApp and Messenger. These are much more privacy driven and much more about, uh, or at least they say that they're much more about making sure that your information is your own. Now, there's other a few other things out there that really get interesting as networks. Um, one that I've been looking at, I haven't tried it out, but I've seen a fair amount done around it, is an app called Be Real. And it forces real engagement. And the way it works is that we'll pop up and tell you, hey, you need to take a picture of whatever you're doing right at this minute and tell everybody what you're doing. And if you don't post it within a certain time frame, then you kind of lose this window. And it's designed to show more about real life, real engagement, and see what life is really like. However, I'm not sure from a business standpoint how much this is really going to do you. As a creator, maybe, yeah, you do grab that picture of, hey, here's what I'm doing in the studio. As a writer, hey, here's my work in progress. Uh, but it's an interesting concept and one that I think is leaning much more towards Again, that reality, that real engagement, creating that connection with people. Um, you know, Elo, Vero, these are platforms really have geared much more towards music and entertainment. Um, you know, if we look at networks like Tumblr, Tumblr has, has had a rough time. But then we look at, you know, we've also got Hive, Reddit, uh, Discord, of course, during the pandemic has had a great surge and has developed a lot of functionality. And for creators, this is one I've been talking about for a couple of years, and we're really seeing it come into its own, is LinkedIn. Um, you know, we're used to LinkedIn being out there for job hunting and for doing business. Now we're seeing a lot more true social engagement out there, and people are talking about their private lives. We're seeing more about their interests. We're seeing people talk more about the products and things that they're doing, and they're able to reach people on the platform. So if you're not using LinkedIn, I would definitely encourage you to consider it. Now, one of the platforms I really haven't talked about yet is probably been sitting on your mind, and that, of course, is TikTok. Um, now, it's kind of the smallest of the big boys, but it's growing rapidly, um, or the biggest of the young ones, whichever way you want to look at it. And I do have concerns about the relationship to the CCP and what's happening with data. Um, I also have certain concerns about how the algorithms work and what they can mean for us. But that being said, the primary focus we're here to talk about is how do you use these things for your business and to engage with people? Well, and again, I'll remind you that there's all, there are some risks here because there is, of course, talk about the platform being banned on a wider scale. We've seen countries ban it wholesale. But at least right now, while it's available, it can be an effective platform. Um, now, Beyond TikTok, let's talk about, you know, uh, kind of some of the other things that are going on with data. All the big boys, um, you know, all the major players, your data is the biggest product we're dealing with. As creators, as business owners, we often are looking to use and leverage that data because it's how we decide who we're going to target with media and ads. So as you're looking at any platform like this, keep in mind that there are the things that we both can take advantage of and use to our benefit but also how we use these things. Um, so keep in mind, there is data, there is data security, there's privacy concerns about all of these. And I'll be talking about kind of all these things, but that's not what we're here for today. 
The one thing I will say is, as you look at what you're entitling any of these platforms to do, especially do something on your behalf and what you're granting them access to do, um, and this is especially true on mobile apps, be very aware of what you're telling them you, that you can and can't do. I do encourage everyone to go out there and read those user agreements. Now, beyond that, let's talk a little bit here about what about the big boys? You know, what about the platforms we're used to and experienced in using and probably have the foundation of our presence built on? Well, let's talk first about Meta. You know, formerly Facebook, pretty much we all still call it Facebook. They're having to kind of reevaluate everything they've been pouring into where they've been pouring things towards for the last number of years. Uh, you've probably at least heard some talk about the metaverse, which of course feeds into why the why they were rebranded and renamed as Meta. And the metaverse is geared to largely be a virtual reality and an augmented reality environment. It's looking for us to kind of step into that next generation of social media where if when we when we're using the platform, we're actually in an avatar. We're actually able to see and talk to now, this is not entirely new um, because obviously we've seen things like the Wii that was out there. Uh, we had Second Life as a platform, which is still out there. People are engaging in a virtual environment. Meta is looking to offer and create the ability to do business, to meet people, to socialize, to network and do all of these things in that virtual environment. This is coming. Um, now, whether or not Meta is the one to do it or not, that's a that's a good question. But uh, when we consider things, Meta is going to be a company that is still very large and very powerful, very impactful, even though they take they've taken a big hit in users and a big hit in their revenues and a big hit in their over, overall bottom line. That being said, even though they're making these cuts, they poured a tremendous amount into this and we'll see what happens now. One of the other things that I'll say and consider this, a lot of people are fleeing Facebook and they're going straight to Instagram, not really realizing that these are the same company. Now, as business owners, we probably all recognize this fact because if I go to run a Facebook ad, I can also run them in, in Insta. It's all in the exact same tool set and I can reach them all the same ways. And these two platforms really exist for different purposes and reach people in different ways. And they have very largely different demographics. If you're selling to younger people, they're probably on Instagram. If you're going to a demographic that's 35 or older, they're probably on Facebook, even though that's kind of still continuing to age upwards. So I'm not on the platform or I'm not on kind of the rant that says Facebook is a dead platform posting, but they are going to face a lot more challenges this year and over the next couple of years. So we're going to have to see what the metaverse looks like in the near future. I will be curious to see what they look like a year from now. Um, even so, they still are the largest social media platform offering the most tools to reach people, to build fandoms, and to run ads and do a lot of your marketing for your users that are on the platform. Now, when we look at things like YouTube, which is, again is part of the greater alphabet and Google system, is getting more mature. It is adapting to compete with the entertainment platform and the social media. Uh, again, things like YouTube Shorts, and there are other things that YouTube has in the work to become much more of a well-rounded media platform and one where content creators are going to be able to do their thing and create out there and reach large volumes of people. 
And since it is part of the overall Google platform and Google ecosystem, that means that when Google does a search, it's also looking at YouTube to see what's out there. Now, kind of the big unknown to me, and I think for most people, is Twitter. Um, you know, the company was hemorrhaging money and users well before the takeover early uh, or early last year. And they've been at the risk for bankruptcy for years. And while we see a lot of people kind of fleeing in protest and Twitter's town square really has not done much to adapt to changing markets, changing tastes. And they really have not done that much to innovate in the last number of years. One of the things that we see is Twitter's new ownership says that they, they want Twitter to be part of the next big super app. Um, I think only time's going to tell. Um, I'm not one to bet against Elon Musk, but again, he's taken a pretty large hit in the last few months around this acquisition. That being said, I still also, you know, knowing he overpaid for it, I tend to believe that he at least has a plan there, um, but we'll see what happens to Twitter. Uh, so considering everything, you know, we've covered a lot of territory here in a fairly short period of time, but I'm going to go back to my original thesis. You know, why are you on a particular platform? You know, if you're out there for personal reasons, um, then you have to make that decision on your own. You connect where your friends are, connect where your family is, connect where the things are you need to do, but also leverage this as part of your lesson. You know, if you're going to be using this to market yourself, if you're using it to market the work you're doing, if you're using it to run your business, you have to be where your audience is. You have to be delivering the content that the platform is looking for rewards. And one of the things to consider is we're probably going to be doing a lot more to pay for the privilege of using these platforms because, again, they're looking more and more at us as content creators and as small business owners as being people that are using their tools and tool sets to run our businesses. So the most important thing you can do is to make educated decisions based on the best information you've got at the time. You'll never have a complete view. You'll never know everything that's going on. And so you just kind of have to learn to live with that idea. So that being said, make the best decisions you can at the time. You're going to make some mistakes. We all do. And take those mistakes and learn from them. You know, in short, a lot of things are going to change this year. A lot of things are going to change next year. And in five or 10 years, I don't even think we can really conceive of what things are going to look like then. But I do know this. People are still going to want to be educated. They're going to want to be entertained. People are still going to want to read books. They're going to still want to see art and film, TV, streaming. They're going to want to hear music. They're going to want to be able to play games and they're going to need the creators to bring them to them. Um, you know, I've kind of gone long this week and we've covered a ton of territory. So the best piece of advice I can give out of all of this kind of very high level snapshot is act with intention. You know, go where your customers are, go where your fans are and do what you can to take care of them where they're at. Um, and the last kind of big lesson I'll take is the same one I'm always preaching. Remember, the rules can change on any one of these platforms at any time. Uh, maybe it's because there's a change in leadership of the company or ownership of the company. Maybe there's a change in the laws. Uh, one of the things I am going to be talking about are some of the things coming like with Section 230, things we're seeing come out of the EU, privacy. A lot of different changes are coming that are going to impact these platforms and impact us as creators. 
Sometimes these companies just change their business model. Sometimes they look because people protest. Uh, things happen. So if we build our entire presence on somebody else's platform and we don't have ways to get them into our real estate, then literally overnight, because somebody, something absolutely out of our control, we could be demonetized. We could be deplatformed. We could lose our entire followings and our entire ability to connect with our fans, our readers, and our customers. And so we could see years of work, um, years of connection shot in an instant. We could see lots of money shot in an instant and be left sitting there trying to figure out what our next step is. I think with this in mind, this is where we get to look at some of these things like some of the distributed networks. And it may be worth it to build some of these networks for ourselves so that fans have a place to come meet you, whether that's a Discord server, whether that's building your own Mastodon server. There's a lot of tools and technologies out there. Um, so it's becoming much more important to spread yourself across a lot of different platforms so people have the ability to connect with you and to be able to follow the work you're doing. Um, and as always, email's not dead. And that is the most direct and often most intimate way that we can interact with people because that is the thing that we can do as creators. So I think you're really going to like next week's conversation. Um, I'm keeping it under wraps because uh, we haven't recorded it yet, but I think that you're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, we're going to be talking art and music and writing and somebody who's had a long creative history and made a living at it. Um, and so then in a couple of weeks, we're going to continue this conversation about what's happening, what's changing in social media. And we're going to be talking a little bit about what, what's more is happening from a governmental standpoint, what's happening legally and what it likely means to us and what we need to be looking at and planning for. So until next week, um, thanks everybody for hanging out with me. And of course, if you found this helpful and useful, let somebody know and share it with them. And until then, I've been your host, Jim Nettles, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>